0: Hello, good evening, everybody. Thank you for joining us today for our community COVID conversation. Um, For those of you that aren't aware, we have been running regular update sessions um, in partnership with the Council, uh, NHS, and and SAVs. What we have found is themes around some of the questions that are coming up. Um, So, what we've started introducing is, is topics or themes around the conversations, and we wanted to focus on young people today. Um, In terms of the structure for this evening's session, we're going to be hearing from Madi, who's the Youth Council Mayor, um, and then an update from Krishna, who's the Director of Public Health. We'll also be hearing from Hannah, from the school nursing team, around one of their services. And then once we've done that, we'll open up to some questions and answers, and then any feedback that you have as well, whether that's as you know, someone that works with young people or as a young person yourself. We are recording the session this evening so that we can share it with those that aren't able to join us. If you do speak and you'd like to be edited out, if you can just let me know in the chat, we'll make sure that you're not part of the audio that's released. And for those that are listening to this session later on, today's date is the 28th of January and all the information was accurate at the point of recording. Before we move to Maddy, I did also want to say thank you to and introduce a few colleagues from the council and CCG who have joined us to help answer any questions that might come up and also to give a kind of brief introduction into what they're currently doing um, and ways that they can support. So Bryn, is it okay if I come to you first just to say hello and give a bit of an intro?
1: Hi. Yeah. Uh, good evening. Thank you. Um, y- you sold me a duff steer. You told me it's, it's going to be a shanty evening, but I'm going to have to say something sensible now. So, um, <laughs> thank you. Hi. I'm my my title irrelevant, but my title is director of education. So I, I sort of uh, look after schools in in the borough, early year settings, colleges, and that sort of thing. So I've been heavily involved with supporting both schools and parents in trying to make some semblance of uh, sense of what. Uh, everyone is being required to do at the moment. So that's from me. Thanks. Thank you, Bryn. And
0: Ross, can I come to you next, please?
2: Yeah, hi, everyone. Uh, Ross Kerr, I'm one of the Children's Commissioners for Southend and Castle Point and Rochford Clinical Commissioning Group. So that's the commissioning function for the NHS locally within South East Essex. Uh, our particular commissioning arrangements are focusing around children, young people into early adulthood.
0: Brilliant. Thank you, Ross. And you're going to give a, an update a bit later on one of your new services, I believe. Is that right?
2: Yeah, that's that's great. Thanks. That's
0: brilliant. Thank you, Ross. And Kim, could I come to you next just to say hello?
3: Hello. Good evening. Um, hi, I'm uh, from the pupil inclusion team, uh, pupil, uh, pupil access lead. Uh, within the inclusion team at South End. and for some of you may know me I've been working with elective home education for uh, over to nearly three years now in South Southend um, but the, the the team has now expanded they, you know, and we now have four other team members who look at um covering re- reduced timetables anything to do with inclusive education it's about we're trying to um, uh, you know gather sort of parents views but also more importantly the you know children's voice that's what we're trying to include and it's important for us as part of ehe the home education team to gather those thoughts and views of how we can work together and have you know secure better engagement
0: thank you kim that's great Um, my name is roger savage i'm from savs i'm a development officer Um, we're co-hosting these events and just if you can give us a wave camille simon emma and amanda They're also supporting this session today, so thank you. Maddie. are you there? I can see you don't have your, you are.
4: Yeah, can you hear me?
0: We can indeed. Maddie. we thought it would be a a nice idea if we could maybe hear from you at the start of the session and just to give um, kind of an overview of some lived experience of being a young person during COVID. So if I can hand over to you, please.
3: Yeah, one. Obviously,
5: being a young person going through COVID, it's obviously, as you'd expect, it's not the easiest thing. And there are a few problems that I think not just me, but a lot of young people have faced. And one of the biggest ones, I think, is the amount of screen time we're having to um, like, experience lately, because we're having online schooling and then we're not able to get out and about. So... Um, A lot of people are using their phones, tablets, going straight on the Xbox after. And I think that it's something that I've struggled with as well is being on the screen constantly and just having to go from like school to something else. And there's nothing to uh, get away from it. There's like no activities to go out and do because we're stuck inside. So I think that that was something that has been quite a big difficulty for the youth is just getting away from all of the screens and it doesn't make you feel very good when you've been on the screens for hours and hours every day and obviously mental health is something that's on the increase as well like people have struggled I have um a brother who has mental disorders as well um so he has ADHD Tourette's and he struggled quite a lot and there are a lot of people who are like him with um all of these mental disorders who have struggled a lot that I know of and I think that that's something else that's quite difficult is not only experiencing it yourself but having people around you that have experienced it even if it's not directly you because it impacts you indirectly and that's something that I think that people struggle with and mental health being on the rise has been something that I've worried about quite a lot because I've never experienced it personally having um anxiety or depression but I know that there are some people around me who have and it's difficult having people who are in those positions and trying to help them obviously. Um, we've got something going right now that we're about to sell which is a worry box which I hope that can help some young people around South Southend um, even if it's a minority but just to help some people but it's something that is hard for us to cope with and with due to the lack of activities, it just makes it harder that you're not getting out and about. So I think that that's a really big struggle. And the thing with youth is that they don't like wearing masks. I've had this at school. I've been at school. And when we went back, there was problems with the hand sanitizer. People didn't want to use it because it smelled or it wasn't the right texture. And so knowing that that's the only way to sort of make things get better and that things are going to be spread and things are going to get worse if people aren't using it. That's something that's really worrying when people of our age aren't educated enough to know that they need to wear the mask, they need to wear the hand sanitizer. So it's, it's been difficult in that aspect as well. And then I think one more thing that has been a struggle is thinking about our future, the uncertainty around it, because I'm taking my GCSEs, well, was meant to be taking my GCSEs this year. Um, and they've unfortunately been canceled and It's something that obviously I was looking forward to doing and we've worked so hard for going to morning sessions before school and after school. We've been doing extra work and they've just been cancelled. So it's that uncertainty. Now we don't know where our grades are going. There's a lot of struggle, especially with A-levels, people who are trying to go to university, just not knowing what's going to happen. And there's nothing sort of there. And I think that wanting to get jobs and things like that and having that financial support a young person and thinking about the future is something that's really worrying and because there's nothing there to say this will happen or this won't happen that's something that a lot of people have struggled with and me personally as well
0: thank you maddie that's that's really kind of useful and insightful and i guess before we move on i'd like to open up to the room to see if anyone would like to comment or feedback on that hi krishna
6: Hi, uh, thank you, Maddy. Uh, I'm Krishnan. I'm the of public health, um, I think uh, yeah, you you posed quite a few challenges here. Uh, you know, I've got um, five key points you made. I just want to just quickly talk about them. Uh, they're all very much broad, uh what we call public health issues. Uh, screen time. Um, I think the challenge is um, we make it a challenge for ourselves. So finding the time to do that a bit a bit extra exercise is very easy to do. You know, go out for a walk. Whether it's first thing before you start your 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 um, your schooling, uh, or afterwards, you know. And remember, in principle, you can meet one other friend to go for with for a walk with. And uh, and I think this even in the workplace, I have people asking me the same question. I say, well, you must know somebody locally who you can go and have a walk with. So I think it's um, we've got to make life has changed. So I'm going to be honest about the future. Life has changed, and The normal we knew yesterday will never be the same normal, yeah. So this virus is not going to disappear. There is no magic bullet for this virus. The vaccine is here to prevent people getting ill when they get the virus. Uh, or more ill, if you want, if they were already going to be suffering from it. So it's, it's important that we think about, uh, you know, the opportunities we have to still do things differently, because we're so used to, you know, do, uh, for, for young people, it was about doing the pee in, in school. That, that was the exercise, if you want. Then you come home and you're sitting, watch TV. And So we just need to change the way we're living now. And we need to think about this is the way we're going to be living going forward and adapt to that you know, because adaptation is going to be important as we go forward. I think we will talk more and more about this as we move forward. Talking is going to be important here. Talking to your friends about how you're feeling about these things could be important. But also when necessary, and I think other colleagues will will say a bit more about this, is, you know, there are support groups there are opportunities to talk to others uh to, to try and make sure you break that anxiety that uh, you, you're feeling you know and uh, so these things are going to be very very important in, in, in enabling us to so it's good to get the to understand what people are saying because we can then respond better uh, as a as a wider system you know all the different services can think about what's there so it's a lot of us here today to be able to do that I'm going to say the last thing about is um, is about the mask wearing of the mask Um, there is no better way to prevent a virus, doesn't matter which virus it is, spreading. Now, if anyone is going to look at what's happened to us, look at the flu. We've had a very, very flu outbreaks in this country in the last six, seven months since the, 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 uh, the virus started. Why? It's because we've had all these other social distancing, wearing the face mask. So the spread of the flu virus has also diminished significantly. So the barrier that that provides and the protection that it provides is, uh, cannot be underestimated. This is why I'm doing a lot of work with the supermarkets to make sure we go back to where we were back in May, April, when more people were actually wearing and, and encouraged to wear the face mask. Actually, um, the, the evidence would sh- suggest that 0.01% of the population cannot wear a face mask. Everybody else should be wearing a face mask to protect themselves, others, and certainly their own family especially to end up in their home where they are what the only one who is positive in the home so it's it's about using those they are tools the problem is people see them as controls they are not they are tools for yourself and for the people you love and i think if people start seeing it this way it will be different and this is the big thing when the first of this this is the second part of this virus the first virus came out in 2003 in southeast asia the reason why people have been wearing masks ever since is to prevent themselves getting this virus and it then helped them to um, uh, support them for those who are suffering from um, um, uh, things like pollution issues. So it has got secondary uh, effect as well. So it's just thinking about these things in a different context. It's about how we get that message out and how we work together to get that message out. That's my bit. Thank you, Roger. Thank you, Krishna. Is there any, anyone else
0: that would like to feedback? to uh, Maddie. Not at this point. Okay, well, thank you so much, Maddie, again, for, for joining us this evening and, and sharing your experiences. I'm just wondering if there's any other young people on the call that would also like to share their stories or experiences before we move on. I know that we've got some members of the YMCA here. Emily, I can see you've turned your video on. No, A big shake of the head there. Okay, I I don't want to put anyone on the spot this evening. Obviously, this is all about conversation. So throughout the call, if you do think of anything, then please do feed in. If you're not comfortable doing it on the video, you can use the chat and the the team will pick that up. Hannah, is it okay if we come to you next? Um, I know that you're here to talk about a a particular service.
3: Yeah, of course, that's fine. So, um... I'm Hannah Granger. It actually says Hannah Hayes on there because I'm not um, recently married. So my name's actually Hannah Granger now. So I'm the interim team lead for the school nursing service. So I just want to say, Maddie, that was really great to hear your insight about how, how you found the lockdown, how you've experienced it from your peers. Really, really insightful for our service and lots of services here. So thank you. We're going to take a lot back from that and there'll be some learning from our team, definitely from what you said today. So thank you. So, just a little bit about our service. So, we support um, children and young people living in South End from age five to 19. So, that's those that are educated in South End, those that are living in South End in alternative provisions um, and electively home educated. So, we support all of that cohort. Basically, we're here to support your health and wellbeing needs. So, what that means is anything from bed wetting to toileting advice to to emotional wellbeing, to physical health, to questions and queries around sexual health, immunizations, all of those different things we're here to support with. At the moment, like lots of other services, we've changed the way that we provide our service to support the needs during um, COVID, but also to support the measures that have been put in in schools and the closures and things like that. So we do still see some people out in the community, but like all other services, it's following sort of risk assessments. So what we've done during the lockdown to support um, children and young people is we have um, a website that we have, which is under the Live Well End, and it's, it's under the school nursing tab. And basically on there, we've uploaded loads of our resources um, to support children, and young people and families and parents on there as well. We also have a texting service into our, um, into our team and it has two sides to it. So it's called Chat Health. And hopefully, um, some of the young people on the call might have seen this advertised around your schools because it's been here um, for quite a while now. So we're looking, I think, roughly about a year and a half we've had it. And it's a free confidential texting service into the school nursing team. So, what that is, is it's by a school nurse Monday Friday, to Friday nine thirty to four thirty. and if you text in it's completely confidential you don't have to say who you are unless you want to and if you do that's great because it helps us link with your health records but you don't have to that's not a problem and and you can ask anything on that chat we've had things from people asking about injections because they want information and advice questions and worries around covid worries about their own mental health family's mental health things that friends have told them relationship advice and support sexual health contacts sometimes people just text in saying i just need a number for this can you give me that sometimes it's a longer conversation and also from that people um, we sometimes take it off the texting forum so sometimes we might arrange a virtual contact by sort of whatsapp video call or teams call because sometimes it's helpful to have that face to face face to face contact as well and that's only if um, the young people consent to that. That's absolutely on, on your terms and if, if people are happy with that. But sometimes it's helpful to take that intervention and sometimes we might need to do a few sessions to work on what better support you need. The other thing we have within our service is because we're a health link, we also have really good links with the GPs. We have good links with emotional wellbeing services. We have lots of resources that we provide to young people and lots of places that we signpost to. So sometimes we might do initial work with young people and actually think that there needs to be an onward referral. All of that is discussed with young people. We're a very transparent service, but open and honest and we discuss that. We have confidentiality rules like everyone else and we discuss that every single contact we have with young people. So I think Emma, did you put the, did I see you put the number for chat health in the in the box? So thank you yes. for that. Yeah, I'll put the website as well and Simon put the details in. For Brilliant, me. lovely, thank you both. So yeah, the other thing is, if you just want to call up our service and ask a question, that's absolutely fine. If you want to call the service and say, I want to chat to a school nurse, but I don't know what to say or who to go to or how to arrange this, we'll talk you through that process. Whether it means that we give you some information, via a website, we give you some links, we give you chat health number, or we arrange a virtual contact, because that might be what's needed. So we're happy to have all those conversations. There's nothing that you could ask us that we haven't probably heard before. And also, if it's something that we can't help you with, we are happy to find the person who will help you with that or can help you with that. So we have lots of links. And we're linked with lots of these people who are sat on the call today as well. So Anything come through that chat health service, that's your best sort of point of call or just, just call through to the service. The other thing is, um, and it's less for this forum, but we also have a texting service for parents as well. And that's parents of children is mostly age, the younger age group, but it is for five to 19. Any questions and queries they have about their children's health as well, they can text in and speak to us there. So that's sort of a summary of, of roughly what we do. Um, we also have a Twitter, so please follow us, because we're always posting bits and bobs around sort of current um, current health things and guidance and young people friendly sort of advice and support and some other links and good resources out there to help you. I know um, Maddie mentioned a few things around screen time. You talked about mental health um, and the impact of families. So please, if if you feel like you think in school, people would benefit from a presentation from a school nurse or a chat to say, actually it's really important and this is why, these are the key themes. Please let let us know because we're happy to do any of that work to support, Um, but it's just great to hear it from young people to say, this is what we need from you. So we're always always happy to to get that information from you guys. I'm also sitting on the youth council, um, I think it's next week. So to give a bit more of insight into what we do, And that will be another great place to sort of hear young people's voices and just get a sense of how we can support you best during this time. So has anyone got any questions for me? No questions,
0: Hannah, you explained it that well.
3: Thank you. Well, obviously, if anything comes up, you're always welcome. Call, text into the service. Happy to um, happy to answer any questions at any time or if anything comes up before the end of the call just pop it in the chat and I can always just answer from there.
0: Thank you Hannah that sounds absolutely fantastic the service and we'll make sure that we share it across our networks for you as well following on from the meeting. But thank you for
3: Brilliant. that. Thanks
0: Roger. Ross is it okay if we come to you next please?
2: So I've got a couple of things. I don't know if I can send any links or any anything like that, or if I can share my screen.
0: Yeah, I'll uh, just make you a co-host so you can share your screen. There we go. Brilliant. There
2: we go. So I'm not very familiar with Zoom, so uh, I don't know if you can see that or not. Um,
0: yes we can yeah
2: brilliant so it's yeah it's just to um to really give you a a sense of some of the picking up on on the points around um mental health need as well and uh some of the things that we've got going on around promotion of current services for mental health uh and things like that so um one of the things that we did for world mental health week was produce a guide around the services that are out there because i think we were acting on a lot of feedback um, because there's been um significant investment in uh, the mental health standard over the past five five to ten years and I think I think one of the things is really people knowing what what's out there and and some of those guides so we've started this kind of journey around um, mapping out some of the services that are either commissioned or what we know about and then we're building on this as as we go along so just this guide here I've, I've just put it um Uh, just on on the presentation this this will document all of the kind of low to to medium to high level needs commission services that are out there and the purpose of putting it in a few different formats is something that we can promote to young people uh, something that we can send to GPs other voluntary sector groups other statutory services and and schools and things like that so this type of document has gone out to things like the schools learning network and uh, we've got it public publicized on our website it, you know when we do communications out we'll send out the links to this type of document and in here you'll have all of the access numbers to the services that are available um so the next thing was just uh, around one of the services that we've commissioned so um when we we've, we've looked at service provision that we've currently got and really looking at some of the lower level uh kind of counseling and and anxiety support needs that were coming through the system we commissioned a pilot uh, which was across south in castle point and mid-essex which started in august uh, of last year uh, as a 12-month pilot so initially for six months and then to really kind of test and learn and, and see um, how the service progressed and whether or not there was a need for this type of service so what we were finding was that the emotional well-being and mental health service provision that is um also known as cams provision uh was meeting certain thresholds of of need in terms of what it was providing but there was also this need for this kind of lower level anxiety and and um sort of you know counseling type type provision so we've got together with three service providers which are kids inspire open door and south essex mind and uh we've we've effectively Kind of commissioned them to to do this work, um, so the service started in August, and since then the referrals coming through were gradual at first, and then when schools went back and we were able to really get the messaging out both to GPs through learning networks and and things like the Early Help team and and other voluntary sector groups, we've seen a, a really um, big increase in referrals through so. That's given us really good confidence around extending that for the further six months as part of the pilot. Um, we're meeting regularly with the um, the providers to actually learn from from their experiences about what what's coming through in terms of really relevant needs for young people, uh, particularly with the whole of the, the COVID situation um, going on as well. So I think it's gone from strength to strength in a very short space of time. We can really evidence the fact that there's a a demand out there, the, um, obviously the the, the numbers that we've seen coming through uh, have got to the point where we've expanded the capacity by an additional 50% to be able to um, absorb some of that demand. But one of the things as well is actually just, I think having other links to other things that are out there, because this type of provision might be right for some people and for others, um, it might not be the most appropriate thing. So as part of that guide, what we've done is, kind of include some of the other links but i just wanted to um sort of reiterate the point everything that we put around in terms of communication so if we get something down nationally or if we've got something across Bidden south essex or if we're promoting a local service we'll always kind of go through the LiveWell website and we'll always promote it on there as well um working with the engagement team where there's a specific need around special educational needs we'll also put those links in so there's a uh, a link just on there around the local offer. That's our kind of local provision of uh, special educational needs response um, within South End area. Um, and then there's a wider there's a wider kind of set of links and access points to other services through this link, which is covering the, the broader children and families agenda within Southend. Um, I just wanted to sort of highlight some of the kind of the type and range of services that we've got so what we've done for our gps is um produce a guide where it really gives them a almost like a traffic-like process as to lower level kind of provision that we've got in the local area versus uh, kind of more increased levels of need so that people can understand that there are other services that are available um early intervention prevention services as well so um one of the 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 kind of good things about this is it really gives gps an awareness of things that are there but what they've asked for is that then we produce a second guide that gives people the information direct so when uh people are coming into surgery they can they can give them the information and they can self-refer as well so it doesn't necessarily have to be through a gp and, and gps have been promoting that as well so this just really documents that that kind of process um one of the other things uh, that Humes have done so uh, the emotional well-being and mental health team is they've developed their own Instagram page and they've launched that recently so they're really proud of this and I, I've I've been on there and I, I think it's going from strength to strength really and I think what they've recognized is that they need a really good um, channel to to really um, have something that that young people would access on a regular basis and instagram seems to be from the feedback that they were getting the best way to to do that so on their instagram page they've got lots of hints and tips and guides around what's there and i think i I spoke to the service manager just before coming on to this call and um just asked her you know in terms of any key messaging and i think the two key things that they said is you know the, the instagram page for any any kind of advice and guidance, they'll be putting everything through the Instagram page, particularly with with young people in mind to to access. And I think the other thing is um, the message that they're still very much open for business as usual. They've they might have changed the way that they've had to work with young, some young people in terms of that virtual connection versus face to face, but all of the hubs and offices have remained open, and there's still a presence in every in every kind of area that they operate. And I think the key thing is making sure that we get that promotion out there really. Um, just on a last page, I've just um included some of the links. So some of these come off of the, the Instagram uh page for Yooms, which is on their uh, their link tree. And um when when we first sort of had the that initial COVID period announced, you know, through March onwards nationally and locally, there's there's been a lot of information that's been put on through national websites like Anna Freud, Young Minds and um, through the NHS resources. So there are a lot lots of resources out there. And I think the key thing that we need to do is keep on promoting them and making sure that people have, have got access to them as well. Um, but also bearing in mind, obviously, that, that kind of link to screen time and just, you know, doing it in, a, in the most practical way that we can. I think that's everything I've got to kind of update on Roger but happy to take any questions.
0: That's brilliant. Thank you, Ross. Um, if you're able to send the presentation across to me, I'll make sure that we get that out to everyone here. No problem. Until we was signed up. Um, was there any questions for Ross at all? No, not at the moment. Not a problem. Um, Hannah, we did have a question from Maddie. If we can just come back to you before we move on. Um, Maddy's asked, is there anything that can't stay confidential?
3: Thanks Maddy, yeah, you're correct. There are things that can't stay confidential. When we're talking about um, chat health, Obviously we only have the phone number for a young person. So if there was anything from a safeguarding perspective that concerned us about the safety of that young person or the safety of someone else around them, then we do have safeguards in place in terms of contacts with the police to support um, following that up. In all occasions, particularly over chat health, we try and engage young people to share some information with us and we teach them about that safeguarding. We advise them what we need from them to, to. because we want to see that they're safe and to check they're okay and we do our utmost to try and get that information from them about who they are and how we can safeguard them before having to go down routes to to sort of to go down sort of the police routes and things like that in terms of our practice in general when we're doing any sort of form of face-to-face contact or virtual contact all of our um contacts are confidential and at the beginning of every contact we have sort of a confidentiality statement that we discuss and it's very similar to what I just said for chat health so we do say that our service is confidential and we explain what that is um or we just try and get a sense that we know that young people know what confidentiality means and what we say is that actually if if anything is shared that makes us concerned about about that young person's safety or safety or the safety of someone else, um, then we do have a duty of care to to share that information. But we will always do that with as much consent as the young person can give us. And obviously, sometimes we do have to override that because we need to make sure that that children, young people are safe. Um, But as much as possible, we will always share the information. Um, Sometimes, young people tell us lots of information and not all of it needs to be shared to make sure someone's safe so we'll agree the information that's going to be shared who that's with so like I said it's always transparent we're always clear about who we're sharing that with but yeah thank you for sharing that because there is times where we do have to to break that confidentiality and it's always to safeguard the young person or someone else but we're always clear about when we have to do that and why and who we do that with.
0: Thank you Hannah and Maddie, for your question. Rachel's put a follow up question to that Hannah in the chat. She's a youth commissioner at YMCA and she asks if a young person is anxious about sharing information, how would you deal with that?
3: So generally what we do is we explore the anxiety around that we explore why that might be is it anxiety around specific people around everyone knowing because one of the things that sometimes people misunderstand around the confidentiality is that when we say we're going to share that it means we're then going to broadcast it with school their family their friends and a number of different people and actually a lot of the time it's not that it's sort of one or two people that we need to share that with sometimes sometimes it's just school sometimes Sometimes it's just family. Sometimes it's one contact to make sure that they're safe at home and, and in the community. So we do some work around that. Yes, there is lots of occasions where sometimes that is challenging and we need to build that, that bond. And that's often why we, we spend a lot of time in that contact. We don't have a limit to time, particularly if we're concerned around the safety of a child or young person, we'll spend that time working on that to see what those anxieties are and explore what that looks like. And if if we can support around that or aid to make that better, if it's specific people that they're anxious about knowing, we'll we'll look at what that means and whether it's someone else we can share that with to safeguard them to make sure that they're okay. So we explore all of those things. Um, and we, we are constantly doing that with the young people to get a sense of their voice and, and why they would want to share it with some people, not other people. We continue to explore that throughout that contact. I hope that answers it a little bit more.
0: Thank you, Hannah. If you've got anything to follow up with that, Rachel. Oh, no, she just put thank you. There you go, thank you. Krishna, is it okay if we come to you now for a kind of general update of the situation in South End and then we can open up to any other questions from the group?
6: Yeah, thank you, Roger, happy to do that. Uh, so where we are is uh, back in November, uh, our rates, um, uh, our infection rate locally was around uh, just over 100 cases per 100,000 population. Um, and then we saw a significant increase uh, which reached um, 1,300 cases per 100,000 uh, just before Christmas. Uh, since then, um, we've um, had uh, a, um, a point where things were staying the same uh, during the first uh, 10 days of this year very much because there was a lot of um, people mixing uh, over the festive period, which uh, is something we unfortunately expected would be the case. Um, Since then, we have had the lockdown, which obviously was brought in between the 4th and the 5th of January. and, And I think more and more people have been really good at um, helping follow the rules. And as a a consequence of that, we've seen um, a gradual decrease uh, in the rates. So as at yesterday, or this morning, the the rates are currently at 450 cases per 100,000. Still very high, so compared to where it was in in November, that's still about three and a half, four times more than it was. Um, So what we um, want to be doing now is the strategy is very clear for us. While we are vaccinating people, remember vaccine is not going to stop people getting the the virus. Uh, It's there to protect people, that's how a vaccine works. It's there to protect people who get the the, the virus, contract the virus, uh, and protect protect them from being uh, more seriously ill from it. So it's no different from people having a flu jab, they might get a bit of a flu but doesn't actually uh, materialize in them uh, needing hospital treatment. So that's, that's the purpose of having the vaccine. So what we're going to be doing over the next few months is we're going to try and encourage as many, as, many, as many people as possible to carry on uh, doing the testing. So ideally what we want is uh, people who have not had uh, a positive test in the last 90 days uh, to um, carry on having a weekly test just to break those who may be having that, that, that transmission uh, in the community that are having asymptomatic virus uh, uh, transmission. That is, people who have got the virus but know, have no signs. And so they actually don't know they got the virus. So, in uh, between, um, when we started to do the, um, the, the this asymptomatic testing, which is testing people who have got the virus but don't know uh, and not showing any signs or symptoms, uh, we started in mid December and about 6% of the people we test are, are testing. Uh, to having the virus with no symptoms. So that shows you that there's a lot of uh, people carrying the virus in the community and they don't know. Even more reason why um, the, the motto we have about uh, hand, face and space is very important. You know, um, uh, we may not want to be cleaning our hands all the time, but if we don't and we touch our face after being somewhere high risk, we get to end up carrying the virus and, and, and uh, unfortunately uh, uh, you could become very ill very quickly you could symptomatically transmit it to somebody else uh, who is your friend your family or anyone in the community who could end up being very ill so this is about you know for, for, first and foremost you know this is what public health is about is about saving lives and protecting people and making sure we prevent ill health and we advise people what's the best thing to do as much as possible Uh, So I think going forward, uh, what we'll be looking at is uh, trying to encourage people to uh, take regular tests. So we've got uh, three testing sites that are doing asymptomatic testing. So these are the FAST testing, LFDs we call them, lateral flow devices. Uh, We've got one in Fairway in Belfair, we've got one in the town centre at the university side, and one at the youth centre in Shrewbury. I'm pretty sure I'm seeing Simon putting that, the details of where these are. Uh, you book one, you go and have it uh, within an hour. So it's roughly about 30 minutes after you've done your test. Uh, the, the results should uh, should be available, but we say within an hour you will get a result uh, and uh, it tells you whether you've, you're, you're positive or negative. Uh, unlike um, re- before, um, until yesterday, if you test positive with an LFD test, you need to go and do a normal test, a PCR test. Uh, so that government have changed the rule yesterday. Uh, so as from yesterday, if you were test positive with an RT test, you don't need to do this currently. So, uh, so get, get, go and get tested uh, because everyone who gets tested and who didn't know symptomatically are carrying it, then uh, there's an opportunity for them to self isolate. And uh, and for those who may be working, for example, they have the ability to go and make sure they again get uh, some uh, recompense for the uh, ten days they need to stay in self isolation so so it's important it's going to help us break break break, break the, uh, the transmission so as we plan for whenever the lockdown will end you know things won't just go back to uh, normal we're going to be going into a, uh, a different tier approach so be a gradual approach on how we do that so in the next uh, three to four weeks um, we get to hear nationally how, how that is going to operate and uh, what we don't want is a sudden increase again in the local rates, and it becomes very difficult for us to manage it. Um, you know, although we're having fewer people going into hospital than we had in the first two or three weeks uh, of the of the year, uh, those who are in hospital are still seriously ill, and uh, unfortunately, some of those who are still being admitted to hospital are going to require what we call high level care. Uh, those are referred to as people who need ventilation. Uh, to to help them with their breathing and things like that. Unfortunately, as I said, while the numbers are going down in terms of admissions, those requiring ventilation is still going up, so they're still seriously, seriously ill. Uh, Until uh, this, uh, before this new variant uh, came into effect, towards the end of November, beginning of December, uh, we we were aware that uh, fewer young people were being infected. Uh, However, during the uh, during the early stage of starting community testing, uh, we ask uh, everyone who are school age uh, families to go and start getting tested. And it became very obvious that the new variant uh, was reaching young people as well uh, at a much faster rate than it previously did, uh, which means the risk is still there. Uh, and we now know that uh, certainly in the last four or five weeks, uh, a number of those are people who've been admitted, a larger number of people who've been admitted, are under the age of 60. So between the age of 25, 23, actually, in South End and, and, uh, and 60, there have been a lot more people admitted with uh, being uh, seriously ill. So, you know, we, we can't let down. This is a battle, I keep saying, we're fighting a war against an invisible enemy. Uh, so, you know, the, the saying is, you know, you're going to open the door to your enemy if it's knocking on the door. So please keep helping us with this, um, you know, keep the, the, the principle that face and space is going to still helping us the social distancing is going to be important but as um, um, we were talking about earlier i think it is important that we consider doing everything we can do to look after our health and well-being as well uh, you know so don't get uh, stuck behind your uh, uh, digital digital equipment and um, get out there and do your walks and and make sure you you know stay local as much as possible that's what we want to see uh, but uh, do everything that you can to support us with keeping the rates down, I would, I would leave it there, thank you.
0: Thank you Krishna that's really useful update so we'd like to just open up now to any questions that you all might have for anyone in the room really so we're, we're luckily joined by people with lots of experience and hopefully answers for you so let's try and test them this evening. We'll uh, just give it a couple of minutes. You're welcome to raise your hand or to type them in the chat.
6: Expecting them to type a lot quicker than that, Roger. This <laughs> it, might be, it might be an easy night for
0: you. Yes. <laughs> if you don't have any questions, maybe any um, feedback or experiences that you'd like to... oh, Bryn, you have a question.
1: Thank you, I do. It's all very well for, for me and Krishna and others to start pontificating stuff. What can we do to help you? Um, you know, we, we've given you hints of, of what we're doing, but, but, you know, Maddie's given us a clue of what it might be like for young. I, I was young a long time ago, um, but but you know, currently this week, next week, what is it that that would make your lives uh, easier? Just open open question, really.
0: Yes. Thank you, Bryn. Emily, uh, did you have a response? Yes, Emily, hand up.
4: Sorry, I'm, I'm used to Teams rather than Zoom, so um, I was just going to say that a lot of the time with the screen time and getting outside and getting your, your daily exercise, sometimes it's not that you don't have the time necessarily, it's more that you don't have the motivation and that all your energy is taken up with schoolwork and then you've also got, you, you're living in a pandemic, which is a stressful time, so that's going to take up a lot of your energy and then to be able to think to yourself oh actually i know how to manage my mental health i'll go on a walk <laughs> that's take that takes a lot of effort for the young people who wouldn't even in normal circumstances they wouldn't have to think and consciously say to themselves that they need to go on a walk so i'm not sure how to tackle that but i think it would be something that would have to be Focusing on the young person's choice to go out and get that exercise, but also a gentle reminder that it's important to get that exercise and that they do have the time, even if they don't have the effort, or that they sometimes have the time. Um, Yeah, that's what I wanted to say.
6: I think, Emily, I, I'm going to be personal here and tell you my little story. Um, I very much felt like, and I disagree with Bryn, I'm still very young. Um, so I, um, I, I was in the same place um, having been battling working 12, 14 hours a day uh, during last year. And it got to November, and I started to realize the thing I used to enjoy doing was um, get out for a walk. Um, and um, my, uh, my wife is my personal trainer. And uh, she said to me in November, so why can't you get up 45 minutes before you work in the morning, once or twice a week, and just go and do something different? And uh, at first I went, mm, it's cold, it's a bit wet, you know. And um, anyway, I tried to re-excuse, it didn't quite work. But she ended up motivating me so much that I decided to get up uh, three days later. It was the Tuesday. Uh, we had the conversation on on, on um, Sunday night actually, and, um, and I went for a walk. And now I uh, I do I do three to five kilometer walks uh, three times a week, uh, but any time I can do it, I have you know because of work like you a bit no different from studying, can't get the time to to take a break. Um, but I've got colleagues who who do it during the day. Um, I I just go and do that walk now. I I feel so much happier for doing it. You know, and uh, but I think you're right, we got to find different ways to try and encourage people to do that. And I think um, just because of my colleague, it will be good to take away uh, to our well-being services and those who are working on healthy schools, how we can uh, do more around supporting young people to, to think differently outside the box for themselves, really. I think that's what you're looking, we're looking for, isn't it? for them to be able to find that motivation as well.
0: Thank you, both. Um, Tracy's put in a follow-on question from that. I appreciate that young people want to get away from the screen, but is there anything that would interest them if done online? For example, exercise, drama, quizzes, singing, etc. So I guess we're going to come back to Emily or Maddie on this one. Is there anything that young people are doing in terms of exercise online that you know of?
5: I recently, uh, with our school, we do the online working and we didn't have a lesson for practical PE. It was just part of our time table. But what they've started to do now is that they're in a school and they put the camera up and we work on um they do a workout in front of the screen and you sort of something to do at home and it's engaging. And I think that that's something that's nice to do, even if you can't get out, it's something that's interactive, it encourages you to do it because it's there it's part of your school day as well so that's almost like right it's a lesson you have to do it now so people would be more likely to do it than I think going out and optionally doing things as we talk about the problems of motivation and one of the things that I think I've really enjoyed is quizzes and I think that they're quite fun for people who maybe don't enjoy as much the practical side of things or aren't into getting up and moving around as much For them to exercise their brain and sort of just get them involved in things it's more of a community thing you've got uh, different web uh, platforms like teams for example in which or I don't know if it works on zoom but you can do breakout rooms and you could do little quizzes through that and I think just to get people engaged and even if it's working together as teams again to have that fun and even with your friends or with people, you know, would be great to get engagement.
0: Thank you, Maddie. That's great. And I can see you have also put a comment in the chat around um, potentially turning the idea of walking and exercise into a daily challenge, which could motivate people to do that. So thank you, Maddie. Jackie, I can see you've got your virtual hand up. Can we come to you?
7: Yes, um, I have, uh, I'm a parent of a 16 year old that um, is struggling with this lockdown from the point of view, you know, to start with, they didn't know if the exams were going ahead or not going ahead. Now we've got the pressure of exams taken off it, it adds another pressure to the fact that they know then that every piece of work that they submit to school has got to be the best it can possibly be. and. You know, I applaud the, the young lady that that um, spoke at the beginning saying, uh, you know, about how she's feeling. There is no way on this earth that my daughter would be on this platform talking to you guys about how she's feeling. Um, I can only give you, you know, my thoughts. Um, and it's all well and good. You guys saying you know, they need to get the motivation to go out. But that is so hard. It's so hard for us as a parent to motivate them to go out it's hard enough for me to get her to open her bedroom curtains and have a window open when she's doing her schoolwork. Um, You know, it it seems to be an ongoing battle. Um, We now have one half of the window, one half of the curtain open. Um, We've now agreed that she'll go out for a walk around the block at least every other day. Um, But the psychological tiredness, the mental tiredness from doing their schoolwork, from nine till three or whatever um I think absolutely exhausts them at, at the end of that and all she wants to do is, is climb into bed she doesn't want to get off of her screen because that's her only contact with her friends um so it, it's very hard you know she she does occasionally meet up with a couple you know one friend every now and again and they might go for a walk around the block or or sit in the park but The weather's naff, it's cold and it's wet. And, you know, whilst she does go out, I do try and sort of, you know, give her a flask of hot drink and, you know, the other day she took hot water bottle up the park with her as well. So, you know, we are doing lots to try and encourage her, but it is so hard, especially when you see them suddenly start to spiral and you think, oh, we've got to try and do something. Her school have been fantastic. Um, She has a weekly call from support staff. But one thing I was going to suggest with the the, the exercise, yes, they have their full timetable, but they don't do their PE. So that might be something to look at from a school's point of view is when the PE session is is timetabled, they should be doing something, even if it's, you know, just for them to, to log on, to maybe chat, to do some mindfulness, to do some yoga, you know, if they want to do aerobics or something like that, fine. But the school should in my opinion, be doing something PE orientated in those sessions.
0: Thanks, Jackie. Bryn, did you want to come in on that?
1: Thank you. Yeah, um, I will admit my past. I'm an ex-PE teacher, so I couldn't agree more with that, Jackie. Um, And I'm not talking about Hockey, I'm talking about the things that you were talking about from there. Um, I'm gonna sidestep that question and just jump back up there. Maxine's given a, a comment in the chat, which indeed I was having a conversation with some of the secondary heads today about transitions i absolutely understand that's a real problem at the moment um I, I think maddie you said you're in 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 gcse year you know you, unfortunately you've got decisions to make at the moment about what you're going to be doing next year and my conversation with the heads was you know how can we make that process easier in terms of some of the open evenings um and and your your peers in 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 year 12 year 13 in terms of uh, their future uh, you know may or may not have been university but but That 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 life that option is, I guess, really questioned at the moment. So I started that conversation today with the secondary head teachers. um, And, uh, you know, trying to get some not certainty, but but at least been able to signpost some of those options from there. I'm not sure if that helps in terms of the chat.
0: Thank you, Bryn Krishna
6: yeah so i think um, it's it's something we we get to i mean just listening to what jackie has said as well and um, i think interestingly um, we've had a conversation recently in public health uh, and we're about to um, launch a, a little program around physical activity and well-being and i've just looked at the sheet uh, i think this is about to start in next week or so and one of the uh, areas highlighted here is, it's been identified by the school partnership that we need to be thinking about physical activity at home, and uh, these are the different activities we are proposing to do. So, so this is coming to the school uh, in the next week or so. Um, obviously, I understand this campaign would have been launched um, uh, just before Christmas, but obviously with the lockdown coming in. Uh, they've changed the approach, and I think it's good what you're saying there, Jackie. I think it's... Uh, it's going to be something we need to actively proactively drive uh, through the schools and uh, the schools have all signed up to uh, to looking at a new way of doing this so i would say just watch out um, for what is coming up next um, and uh, what we will also do Simon and i will take it back to our lead uh, kevin reed who does a lot of this work with the schools so we just what is coming back to us we need a new way of working on that whatever may have been in this proposal uh, hopefully um, we can take that on board and, and make this happen for us ASAP really.
0: Thank you Krishna. Um, Maddie, I can see that you would like to comment on that as well and then we'll come to you Davy, for your, your comment. Yeah. We can't quite hear you Maddie. are you able to come closer to your laptop?
5: Yeah, can you hear me now?
0: A bit better, yeah.
5: Uh, I don't know what's happened with my mic. Um, it's just that with what you were saying about the schoolwork, and obviously, now that the GCSE has been cancelled, as you mentioned, every piece of work that we submit counts to our grade, and that's one of the most stressful parts of it. And what makes it worse, I think, is we've obviously been on the topic of motivation and when you're at home and you're having to do it on your laptop or working on a device, when there's just everything around you, you've got a phone around you. Like I know that um, my brother specifically have fallen into this, that it's so tempting to just pick up your phone and use that or look away from your screen and not pay attention and fall out of something. And especially with the people who are focusing on their GTSEs, this is really detrimental to them, I think. Um, And on the topic of PE, one of the things that I think that um, could be really useful that my school's starting up, I think it's tomorrow that it goes out, is that they're doing this challenge. A lot of the uh, youth like to sort of do challenging things like uh, trick shots and all of those sorts of things. So they made this video um, of them going around the school and in their own back gardens and doing different trick shots in the house and sort of like Uh, they have bottle flips bouncing um footballs off of different things into certain areas just physical activities that they're sending out and it's like you versus the teachers of your school and you send in video clips and I think that that was a really good idea because I know that instantly as soon as my brother saw that he was like oh I want to have a go at it and he didn't really want to do any physical activity so it's something that I think could be really useful if it could go out to more than just one school, or maybe it could spread further for some people because it's obviously something that's not, okay, you're gonna go out for a walk, or you're going to have a workout right now that people maybe aren't as motivated to do, but it's something that everyone could be happy to engage in. Um, And it's on Twitter, I think, the video, if anyone wants to have a look at it. Yeah, so the video is on the Eastwood Academy Twitter. That's the school. So they just put it out there.
0: That's brilliant. Thank you, Maddie. And I can see that Sasha's also put a link into the Active Essex website and she says there's loads of online workouts there as well. So thank you for that, Sasha. Davey, I can see your hand's down now. Um, did Maddie cover what you were going to ask or do you like to come in?
8: I, uh, um, yeah, if you don't mind me coming in just, just a split second. Sorry. Yeah, I, of I- course. I lowered my hand by mistake. It was aching. Um, yeah, I just wanted to say hello to everyone and, and thank you for everyone's information. I don't know about everyone else, but, you know, I haven't got a favourite. But Krishna, I could listen to you all day. It's been great uh, hearing loads of stuff from you. Um, it, it's made me think about the work I do within the different projects. Because so, so I'm from YMCA. So I work as a music tutor. There's two of us uh, all in music and we offer a service where we teach young people uh, instruments, songwriting or anything to do with music. So it's um, for vulnerable people, people that can't um, necessarily afford instruments or they haven't had the experience or opportunities at school, so they come to us. Um, so that's between like ages um, 10 to 24. And also I work on the Project 5 with a few of the guys here um, as a creative arts youth worker and mentor. So I think I, I was just listening to lots of stuff and I can't remember who mentioned it first about the quizzes and stuff. And I know you, you could be like done to death with the online thing. But the what, what we found out in lockdown, whatever we're in now, three um the first few was all about getting the guys creative and and getting them back using their minds uh, as as everyone said on the news the government everywhere do this read a book write a book learn a language god knows what but this time we found out that young people in our music group i can speak for have been a little bit drained by it not not probably like the pressure to keep learning to take this opportunity to do this and and um i don't know if that's about like putting anything else down but i haven't i don't know about young people if there's any been encouragement from schools i i I, there probably is and it's probably a silly answer of yes but i don't know if schools have necessarily gone out and said say say emily i'll pick on emily because i know her hello emily this is what you should do every day this is get your uh, vitamin d and you do your five minutes do your uh, do your five minutes of walk every day it'll be good for you i don't know if that's a thing that schools do um and and i wonder if anyone here would say for a music um project would it be an idea that we don't only talk about music but we say hey go out for a walk go out for a run but We'd also like to encourage the fact of maybe take on a creative side. What do you see on your walk? Bring that back to the table. But the main thing to probably for me to say is they've really missed the social aspect. We do lots of work. We do guitar work. We do songwriting workshops. But now every Friday we do a sort of music youth club where we do quizzes, where it's just a hangout. And that now has you know sad to say that has become the favorite part of the week they love it they love quizzes they love hanging out they just like chatting the breeze it's so cool to see that so it's been interesting the educational side and say, not necessarily putting pressure on people to say you've got this time an opportunity to learn loads of stuff people do really like to hang out so i'll just say to jackie as well we do have our service it's i could uh, drop you a link somehow um that we are just kind of just hanging out and meeting new people and it is really hard for some of our young people as well cameras off or they don't want to turn up for a for um for, for that specific week but anyway um yeah i just thought i'd open up and t- tell a bit about my experience but yeah thank you all for uh allowing me to join today
0: that's great thanks so much for that davy if you could pop a few links in the chat for me i'm going to follow up from this session afterwards um, with an email to everyone with lots of content. So thank you very much. I'm going to hand over to Camille to close the session for us. I've done horrendously at timekeeping again. So I do apologize that we've overrun slightly. But thank you for sticking with us. And I'll hand over to you, Camille. Thank you. Yeah,
9: thank you very much, Roger. I think you uh, can't be at fault. It's uh, we, we talk about interesting um, Interesting, challenging topics, and uh, um, we are uh, at a stage of reinventing ourselves as, a, as, as a kind of, uh, you know, citizens, as professionals, as uh, uh, students, pupils, and uh, you know, Krishna is is dropping the reality in that that uh, you know the virus is going to stay with us. So, so I think uh, I've I've benefited a lot from from hearing uh, some of the uh, experiences Maddy and Emily shared, and. Uh, the ideas which young people are bringing. I think that's kind of, uh, you know, with, in, in, with that intention of BRIN is, is sourcing the ideas within within the community, and in this case the young people community, because some people are trying things out, uh, you know, uh, colleagues like in, in YMCA are trying something new, they find something sticks better than something else, uh, and, and we are kind of in this uh, year of of inven- reinventing ourselves, so uh, really great that you, you came in and uh, um, we, we need to uh, dig deeper repeat this in the future but the, um, the reason I want the, I, I was given the space really was uh, um, I, I put out the call to action so so um, I'll share my screen so it might be easier for you to um, as well as see the uh, visual um, going forward. Um, just uh, tell me if you see the presentation slide okay. Sign up as a community connector. So, so. We can't do this without um, uh, our our staff, our uh, residents, our uh, students uh, having important conversations in the community. Um, you know, we can do a lot of social media. We can put up posters, uh, but it's it's uh, the conversation people have uh, with each other, uh, supporting each other, motivating each other. Parents to child, child to parent, they are making an enormous difference. Um, so we wanted to make sure that people have reliable, timely information available, um, and uh, they don't have to uh, volunteer for it. They just sign up to a weekly newsletter uh, which uh, collates the uh, local local information uh, so that you can keep yourself and the family safe. And then you can just keep it yourself or you can forward it, share it uh, on social media with colleagues, have a conversation with someone. Um, if someone asks a question, and there is lots of questions because it's confusing, uh, you know, you you know where to find information, so you can link them back in. You don't have to be the expert; we will support you in in accessing information. And and very importantly, we really want people to uh, after they sign up and they share information, the things you notice, the things you spot, the things which which Maggie, you talked about and Emily feedback uh, to us uh, through through to the community connectors uh, email. Um, uh, that's that's something then we forward to our colleagues and services and the uh, different different cells. Uh, so we've got over seventy five people signed up staff residents uh, you know faith leaders uh you know uh, just just you know a, a son a daughter a mother mother please uh, uh join us in um spreading uh this reliable information uh, in the community i don't know if my colleagues have been already yeah, they've been added uh, adding things as community connectors and if you if you don't think it's something for you please you know Copy the link, go into it, and share it on your social media now. Um, it does help. Uh, we we get more and more people involved in it, and it makes a difference. Uh, we know in regards of fewer people uh, uh, getting the the uh, unwell, fewer people uh, not knowing what's what's happening around them, uh, and accessing the right services. Um, and the other thing which uh, I wanted to um, uh, point out to you, um, we need to think about how how do we shape our services going forward. Really well, have this conversation like we had today. Um, so so uh, our colleagues in public health uh, and staffs as we see are working to uh, set up a health and well-being committee panel so we again we uh, invite residents to to come to have conversations with us about their experiences, starting from the point where they are, what's their well-being, uh, what what how they are adapting, what services uh, they're using or might need to use, um, and that's going to help us to um, shape things going forward. So again, if you're interested, uh, please. Uh, uh, let let our colleagues know on on the email here, and they can have a chat with you, uh, so that you can decide uh, what's what's right for you. Um, but uh, you know, just like the conversation today, it makes a huge difference um, uh, to 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 us to have real lived experience. So um, please please join us either as a community connector or join the health and well being panel uh, going forward. Um, thank you very much. I uh, if you've got any questions. Um, I'll hand over to Roger.
0: I think everyone's thinking about their dinner in the oven, aren't they? <laughs> Thank you all again for joining us. Thank you for colleagues in health and the, at the council for offering your support as well. Um, and please do get in touch with us with any questions or feedback outside of this meeting and I'll make sure you're invited to anything in the future. Have a nice evening. Thank you.
3: Thanks, Roger. It's been really useful, really helpful.